Well, good morning. Another uh, Sunday episode of Just a Bit Outside. I'm your host, The Source. Living on that water life this morning because it is humid as all can be here in uh, Pennsylvania. I mean, I got coffee to start the morning, so let's go. And John's window is shining bright off of his the top of his head. Um, <laughs> hey, at least you know it's a sunny day. Yeah, it sure is. It's a, it's a good day. For a ball game, and later on today, it's a good day to smoke some chicken. Cool. Uh, yeah, so we got some games early this morning. We got Cardinals and Pirates starting at 11.26, I believe it is, this morning. And then Dodgers-Phillies come on at 1 o'clock. So, looks like a lot of early games. Let's actually start with that a little bit here. We'll put that on the bottom. Our Phillies are looking mighty great, sarcastically. They're so average. It's fantastic oh, right now. God, it's. I just saw a stat the other day before. Uh, I think it was the Friday game that said over the last two hundred games, they're one hundred and one hundred. Yeah, the last twenty-five, they're twenty. They're or last fifty, they're twenty-five and twenty-five or something like that. The last hundred, they're yeah. fifty, fifty, two hundred. Yeah, it's. Yeah. They could be out of it by the next like two weeks. Literally, yeah. they're like, not gonna... June. They could be. I mean, they're seven games out now. I think right. <clears throat> and they are their next two weeks is like a gauntlet. And the way they're playing right now is terrible, right? Good. Their offense is as anemic as possible. When they do somehow find run support, their bullpen is back to its old games, just, you know, blowing ridiculous leads in the last two or three innings. So I mean, it's business as usual. I guess we should expect it by now. Yeah, but I think we all were under the standing to that at the beginning of this year since there were no upgrades to the bullpen. And we're not going to call – Jerry's familia, an upgrade. Um, (laughs) Still, still, um, or what's the word I'm looking for? Still out there on uh, Brad Hand because they seem to be bringing him in in just about any situation possible. He's probably the best bullpen guy for them because I can tell you, you, we were discussing it. So we were discussing, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So we were discussing this the other night because I was at the uh, Phillies Padres game Tuesday night. Beautiful night for a baseball game. Um, Josh Norwood. No, but no garbage, absolute garbage. He came into the game and it just went downhill from there. Uh, Corey Kniebel can't can't complete a save. Um, well, are you talking about the one where they blew the major comeback? Well, just in general, Norwood's just been bad. Well, Norwood's bad, but Kniebel hasn't been too terrible. I mean, that blown save was just the the one that. I'm thinking of the big old seven to one blowout. No, no, he just blew one the other night too. Oh, they had a, they had I think it was like a four three lead into the ninth, and they lost oh, five yeah. four or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, it, I, I mean, not everybody's going to be Brad Lidge from 2008. So no, um, the big thing is, and we'll get into this topic later on. Actually, it's, we'll, we can make that actually one of our. Uh, First topics here. There's a doubleheader today that I'm looking forward to seeing information about, especially with what happened last night, and that would be the uh, White Sox and Yankees. The drama series. Yeah. yeah. Tim wearing his Yankees shirt today. How about Ironic. the White Sox blowing that 8-1 lead? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about two teams that though apparently love to just chirp at each other? I mean, and the White Sox have that attitude of, like, we're going to come out here, we're going to stomp you, and then, you know, if they don't, then the other teams try to give it back to them, and then we, we get a little bit of fireworks here. Not saying that's always a bad thing. It's always good to play with a little bit of uh, little bit of arrogance. But well, sometimes you just got to go out there and stomp the boys down when you need to. Yeah. We got some, I mean, there's some other intriguing matchups today. Um Reds are going to be playing the Blue Jays, so I don't expect much out of the Reds today. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I was going to throw that jab boys. in there. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. hey! If, if yeah. we're going to be if we're going to be throwing jabs, we might as well throw the jab of throwing a no hitter and losing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, was, I forgot to bring that up one here. I was going to yeah. put that up here. Um, yeah, the uh, the Reds first time since what year was it i think they said 2004 or something like that that team pitched a no hitter and lost yeah it's, and they uh, lost to the pirates one to nothing yeah. and i yeah. think it was was it a yeah i think it was a walk with the bases loaded 
Yeah, something like that. No, 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 no. It was a it was a fielder's choice ground out. It was the only <laughs> run. It was the only uh, run. So I know at some point Dan and Sean are going to watch this. So congratulations to your Reds for breaking a major league record, I guess. Hey, I don't his, know. History's history, man. Oh, God. No matter how you break it down, it's always going to be in the books. That's, I mean, that's bad. That's, that's really bad. <laughs> but hey, since we were last on, they've won a couple games. So congratulations to them. They, I think literally a couple. Yeah, they're like up two. to 11. Yeah, they're up to 11 wins now. So, Woo. um, a few other games I saw that might be interesting here. Uh, the Mariners at the Red Sox could be decent. We get game, possibly game two of Adley Rutschman. We'll talk about him later. Braves at Marlins. Who would have thought that the Braves would be as bad as they are, too? I mean, we we can sit here and talk about the Phillies being bad, but I mean, the you're, whole... defending, you're defending World Series champion is only a game ahead of us in the standings. So. Yeah. I mean, the whole NL East minus the Mets have just been not questionable. Good. I mean, we all, we knew that. I think deep down we knew that. Just being, maybe it was just me then saying this, but uh, probably just glass you. glass half <laughs> em, glass half empty Philly fan, kind of expecting a five hundred or barely above five hundred season so far, even with the additions. Nah. Um, but again, the bullpen being the way it is. Uh, luckily though, for the Phillies, they get to avoid Max Scherzer for a little bit. He's yeah. out six to eight weeks now yeah. with uh, oblique. oblique. Now, how long of a leash do you think that Girardi has at this point? Um, shorter obviously, shorter. obviously, there's a lot of new additions, and obviously the expectations were probably higher than they should have been, but still, by any metric, they're not performing well enough. How much of it do you put on him? There's been some pitching changes that he's uh, pulled that I think have been widely panned to a certain extent. Um, he's changed the lineup a good bit. I don't know if his tweaks have done a whole lot. I mean, game to game a couple times, well, you'll find a little bit of spark here or there, but nothing Hoskins, he's done. Hoskins leading really... off seems to have put a little jump into his bat, and then Boehm hitting second's been pretty good, riding yeah. that hot bat. Um, what are the results of it, right? They are I mean, they're, 500 still. <laughs> they're, I mean, but those guys are getting on base. Now, having Harper back in the lineup, um, is it helped some things out. The other night, when they actually had, you know, runs, which we hadn't seen in about three games. Um, I was re- I was reading something here too about that losing streak where it was, um, it was the most games they have gone getting shut out since back in the um, Ryan Sandberg days. We all remember that game in Baltimore where they had to pitch Jeff Frank Core. Yeah, and I was at that game. Yeah. Uh, it was it was funny. I'm sitting there in left field yelling at uh, Cody Ashy at the time to go in and start begging the coaches to have him pitch because we can't get much worse. And he was sitting there chuckling in the outfield, so that was kind of funny. But that was the game. The pitch coach literally had to wave the white flag because the bullpen phone was off the hook. And then the ensuing mound meeting, Chase Utley absolutely ripped that man a new asshole. It was quite hysterical. I mean, at this point, you got to feel like the leash is getting a little bit shorter for him. I mean, just I, because, I just think because, you got to let it ride a little bit. You got to see if you can come back, but it's going to be around the All Star break, I think. Around the All Star break is when you got to figure out if you're contending or not. And with the expanded playoffs, this team should be contending. They're not contending, and let's face it, the last two years have been a disappointment for them as well. They had the lead. Well, the last two years too, they've also had no pitching and a continuing theme of no bullpen. Yeah, but they, yeah, but they still, they had the division lead and then lost it. So, and then ended up finishing above or below 500 the first year. And then last year, just above 500. So the leash is going to get shorter and shorter. Um, but, but who do you he's bring not, in? But he's not going to be the only one on the hot seat because there's a bunch of other teams that you sit here and you're just like, how are they struggling? And specifically, I'm talking about the Boston Red Sox. Um, yeah, the amount of money that they spent—they're below 500 right now. They're four and a half games below, or four games below 400 or 500 right now. Like That's another days. one. <clears throat> That's another one that you could look at as possibly being their manager being on the hot seat with Cora, and uh, can't think of who the guy is that's in Seattle right now. But the guy that's the um, manager they're, in Seattle—they're young though. Seattle's still a little young. I mean, they just—they've got their top prospect up. I think they called up another guy. They, I mean, they're—they, 
they've got some guys that are still learning a little bit. So I think out of those you just mentioned, I think uh, Seattle's coach has a little bit longer of a leash. We could, even, gonna... we could even say even the Royals potentially, you know, because they're, 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 right. they're, they're struggling they're, right now big time. They're just bad. Yeah, they're they're struggling. It is lost three in a row. They still have one of the best. They still have probably the best catcher in the league outside of JT Real Muto, though. Well, Whit Merrifield is struggling a little bit, so that's. And we're going to get into that topic here in a little bit. But let's go to the next one. Uh, Since we were talking about it, about the Yankees White Sox, we've had quite a few uh, boxing matches break out at a baseball game this year. Uh, We're going to specifically talk about the. Moment that happened last night. I got video here. I already have it muted, Tim, so don't worry about that because I know how much you love that. We're going to watch this here. Anderson slides in to Donaldson. Donaldson makes a comment. There's some pushing and shoving. And all of a sudden, you're going to see see the bench is clear. There's going to be some BSing, and here we go. Well, I was going to say, I sent you a video, too, of another one. Um, when Donaldson was coming up the plate, and it's him and Grandall. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking Donaldson's the instigator in all this. Yeah, he definitely sounds like he is. And to be fair, what he said was probably across uh, the line and probably warranted a response. Yeah. So if you don't know what we're talking about, last I did night, send you the video of yeah. those two uh, giving their side of the story. Well, so if you don't know what we're talking about last night in this game, the Yankees and the. Uh, White Sox decided that they were going to have a little pissing match back and forth between Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson, where Josh Donaldson called Tim Anderson, and I quote, Jackie, and it set off in in a reasonable manner. I don't disagree with Tim Anderson uh, basically making him mad and benches clearing. So with that, we've had other incidences now this year where we've had uh, benches clear after Francisco Lindor took a – fastball and hit him. I think the Mets have been in the most brawls this year because of all the guys that have been hit by pitches. And I think the Mets lead the league in hit, total hit by pitches too. Um, there was, I didn't, I saw it. I didn't watch the video. There was a fight in the minor leagues, a major fight where they had a lot of players get ejected, including managers. Uh, so, so far 2022, we're a little over almost two months into the season and we're seeing boxing matches break out. So, uh, John, we'll start with you. What is this a result of because of the lockout? There was lots of tensions, lots of pressures on guys, or what do you think? Why are we seeing a lot more fighting this year? I don't necessarily see a common refrain in any of them, right? I don't see a pattern. Each I just found that minor of... league fight here. Sorry to cut you off, John. It's all right. Each one kind of, uh, you know, it happened for its own reasons. Last night's fight, I think, you know, Donaldson said a, a punk thing, and I think uh, Anderson had every right to get upset about it. At the day and age we live in, man, I don't know. Like, it, you get a fight, it goes on social media. Like, you know, that's the NASCAR, boys will be boys kind of thing. The, the league's not necessarily letting them do more of that, but maybe, you know, under the surface, everybody kind of knows that any, uh, you know, exposure, marketing for the league, any viral videos you see of this kind of stuff, probably helps out in some way, right? Yeah, I mean, there's no such thing as uh, bad publicity. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm, I'm probably getting that all worked up wrong, but, you know, that, that might, that's a, I mean, as a fan of conspiracy theories, that might be a good little uh, one to throw in there. The league wants some more exposure, so we're going to let the boys be boys. But um, I think in the case, like, for the Mets, though, with that lineup that they have, um those guys need to be pitched inside and part of pitching inside anymore. is just going to get hit. You're going to get, I mean, what, how many years in a row did Chase Utley lead the league in hits or being hit by pitches? And he would just sit there and just trot the first It's because, you know, at the end of the day, it's a free base runner. So here's the, uh, yeah, this is what here, I was reacting to. Watch so the was, pitcher. Yeah, this was oh, Binghamton God. versus Portland guy, uh, starts walking to first base. They start mouthing off and here we go. Boom. Oh, wow. Ooh. We've got a fight now. That that that's a little absurd. Yeah, this so is just 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 straight up. You don't usually see huge haymakers thrown. It's more just kind of jawing and you know, push, some, a yeah, pushing some, and shoving. Yeah, and, you know, that was a straight wow. right. Yeah, can we, can we can we rewind that just to see that straight right? Oh man, we had a Hulk Hogan over there in the corner. Did I mean, you see that 
I mean, we're going to let the, I mean, look, this guy down here at the bottom is kicking. Did you see the guy go total Hulk Hogan ripping yeah, his this, shirt off? This dude's oh, down there. Yeah. I would be done. hurt too if I got hit like that. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, this, we'll, we'll rewind here to the beginning so you can see the, the big haymaker that happened. So, yeah. So if you look, he is that gets 37. Yeah, he gets hit a little bit. He gets mad, starts starts walking, starts mouthing off, and then just knocks Damn. him out. Damn. Cold cocked him. And and give credit too to 53 right before he gets taken down by the double leg. If you want to rewind a little bit, he's sitting there trying to protect that pitcher. Um, like right right after the straight right. Yeah. Watch the guy coming from third. He's looking out for the pitcher. Hey, stay away from this guy. And, and then, then he's the, like, I'm out of this. And, and then, then the this dude takes comes him out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, the pitcher took him out. And then jumped on him, and that's how the pitcher got hurt then, because everybody jumped on him. Yeah, like, dudes on the ground, like, I, I mean, give credit. I mean, I don't – this guy, the guy in the left here shouldn't have gotten that double, like, takedown on him. It was good form double, like, takedown. Here's Hulk Hogan, the catcher over there on the right side with the red shin pads. But this goes Let's to the go. topic of we've, we're starting to see a lot more fights happen now. Um this this here is unacceptable. I don't yeah, care. The, I don't care what form of baseball you're in. I don't care if it's the majors, the minors, you know, Twilight League, Little League, whatever it is. This is unacceptable. Like break, and and it, like looked, it really looked literally. like a pitch. Just, it really looked like a pretty innocent like pitch that went a little bit inside. Yeah, he wasn't going high. He wasn't like hitting him in the back or like you know other side of him. It was just it, like a, a pretty standard. Now we don't it, know what was said. Didn't but, throw at his head or anything like no, that. No, it was just I mean, like it was – I mean, he got hit like by a pitch a little bit. It looks like it tagged him in the wrist, and then the pitcher was maybe barking at the guy unless he thought it might have been a strike. But Is he crowding the plate or something maybe? I don't know. I don't yeah, really see that can, part can of it. Go back to the beginning there one more time, Trace. I just want to see where the pitch went, if I can. It was inside, and it barely hit him. I think it hit him in the back, of, like on the leg or on the hand or something. He, so the, the pitcher's upset about that, so yeah. he must have thought that he was crowding the plate so, or something. Got him in the hand. Yeah. Hit him on the right hand. So I don't know what. Yeah, because the the way that the pitcher comes off the mound here. I tell you what, but that he is crowding the plate. He's, he was trying to call something. Yeah. Or he's maybe, crowding the plate. Don't you think? I mean, look bat. at that. Don't you I think? Bet. Don't you think he's? Yeah, he's crowding the plate a little bit. Or, or yeah. he thought it hit the bat. Or yeah. he thought it hit the bat. Yeah. Well, Either well, way, though, I think the pitcher had a, a a very reasonable right. Now, if he was barking at the batter and not the ump about it, maybe that's what set him off. But I mean. Yeah, dude, that the guy who started that fight, who threw that punch, should have no future in the major leagues. Period. No, not at all. Because if something like that, if something as innocent as that sets him off, he's just you know a hothead who's um, going to do the same thing. Let's, if he see, gets, that ever, let's see. Let's see if we get called up here real quick. That was Portland Sea Dogs and the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Uh, which was it? It was Portland that was that got hit. Portland was the one that got hit. Portland sea Dogs roster. He was number thirty-seven, right? Yeah. But in general, this is not Tyreek Reed. So this should not be a lot. Like this is not. Who is currently hitting one seventy eight? Yeah. All right. So so much for that future in the majors, anyways. (laughs) In forty five games, it happened on. It happened in April. April. At bats. April. It was April twenty first. It happened on April twenty first. You're talking almost a month ago, and. You're just seeing more and more of these fights happening now. And I get it. I, like, uh, Lindor's um, um, fight, I guess you could say. Like, his argument was, like, you know, I've been hit. You're throwing out our guys. Like, the Mets, I wouldn't say that's justified. But when you're throwing out guys, it's heads, heads around 100 heads. miles an hour. Like, headshots. That you, I'd be mad, too. Yeah, headshots. This right hunting, here, you this right here is this yeah. here. This is this is. I mean, the classic example that uh, we'll all remember here. I think Trace froze up again. Um, that the Shane Victorino and um, with the Dodgers when they threw at him in the playoffs or whatever, they immediately came out and earholed him or yeah. tried to earhole him, and sh- and Shane comes out and says, "Don't hit me! Hit me here! Don't hit me here! Right? You hit me here, we have no problems. Don't hit me in the don't hit me in the head." That's as it should be. I, I agree with that. All right. So Matt is having some technical difficulties. So we're going to give him a few minutes to come back. Here. All right, Tim. Time to so, run with it, baby. 
let's go. So <laughs> let's let's keep talking about some fights here. So I know um, Matt has the videos, and maybe he can pull these back up. But to going back to the Donaldson and the Anderson fight, um, and the Jackie comment, uh, Donaldson's side more or less being that it's a it's a inside joke between those two because Tim Anderson uh, once referred to himself as the new age Jackie Robinson of bringing uh, or making baseball fun again type of thing. So that's Donaldson's argument. And then Tim Anderson's just like, yeah, he basically tried. He's like, come on, Jackie, like egging him on. Like, let's go Jackie Robinson. Like, so yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's all about the context of it and it's all about how it was received, right? I mean, you can make a argument in either direction about what the intent was and nobody knows what the intent was except for Donaldson. But I would be hard pressed if I were Anderson in that situation, the way it was being jabbed about, I would have probably been offended too. And I would have assumed it was not in like a fun inside joke kind of way. And I would think it was more of like a a backhanded uh, insult. We're back. I think I'm back. There you go. That was quick. Uh, yeah, I, all I did was I accidentally kicked the side of my computer and it just shut off. Yeah. Oh well. I think I have a loose it, wire somewhere. I gotta go fix. That might be the case. Yeah. So uh, don't get ticked off and kick your desk. I wasn't intentional. Uh, all right. I missed. But uh, we were just touching that. on. Um, I brought up the explanation. We kind of touched back on Donaldson and Anderson, where Donaldson in the post-game presser was saying that it was an inside joke between him and Anderson, the Jackie comment. And then Tim Anderson says, basically it's, it ain't no joke. Like he's yeah. like, come on, Jackie, let's go Jackie. Like yeah. almost not as not quite to the extent of the Phillies manager in 42. Yeah. Um, that that's <laughs> one of the most, I, I, things. I can't watch that scene. That, that's, that's, that's a, that's a bad scene. All right. Well, We'll go to the next topic here. Um, the anticipated debut of Adley Rutschman. Uh, I'd considered him probably the top prospect in baseball for a while there. Yeah. Orioles called him up. Uh, there was a pretty cool video of him getting the call up. I'm not pulling the video up because I'm not taking a chance of playing it and getting kicked off again. So um, he was batting in the minors pretty well. He had 68 at-bats, 21 hits, three home runs, nine RBIs, a 309 average, and scored 12 runs. Oh, I can share it if you want. <clears throat> um, then his debut last night, one for three, had a triple, which is awesome, had a strikeout, which is not awesome, and a walk. So probably see more of him now the rest of the year. I would think that he's up. Oh, yeah, he's, he's here to stay. So. Unless he hits a massive slump, but I'm pretty sure, you know, with the Orioles, they're not really fighting for anything, so he's there to stay. But a pretty good debut for Rutschman, so congratulations to that young man getting the call up, getting his first career hit. Uh, just absolutely awesome. And in that ballpark, I'm sure that triple probably would have been a home run, according to the Yankees, so. <laughs> well, you can well, – nah, that would have – that triple was more down the line and mishandled and right, but um, well, he's got a point, and that's something that's that's fun to touch on is Yankee Stadium. How much of a joke it is? No, Camden Yards. It's Camden Yards. That's the no, but joke. what I'm, no, what I'm comparing it to the, well, the joke is Yankee it, Stadium because I mean, yeah, I, I, we were watching. I don't know if it was something you guys shared with me or something I saw somewhere else. Just about like just the insane like you know barely doubles in any other ballpark that are out of here at Yankee oh, Stadium. I mean, right field is just like it's nothing. That's I mean, probably the. I might have shown you that Twitter account, uh, did it dong, which takes any kind of, it takes all the outlines of the ballparks yeah. and any outer home run. It says, you know, this would have been a home run in however many ballparks. And then you have that one instance of Yankee stadium where it's a home run. It's like, this would have been a casual fly ball in 29 out of 30 ballparks. Yeah, exactly. The, the part that kills me with Camden yards is I've been to Camden. That stupid wall and left. That that left field wall is the dumbest thing that they could have ever done. Thank you. Making it 12 feet tall, like it was, what, six feet? They added six feet to the top of it. And they took out and, that whole section. They took out yeah. the whole section of seats yeah. in left So field. now, now well, you got. I mean, how, how often do the, the Orioles sell out? It's, well, it's that's, a that's my run. Though. That's my running joke is we yeah. can't sell tickets. So how's the best way to uh, help? With the ticket sales, well, let's just take out seats. Yeah. We'll take you go to anyway. 
like you go to some of these NASCAR races that don't sell out and you see these <laughs> giant sections got the sponsorship things on them, right? Yeah. You know, the whole Dover, turn. Dover, Dover used Dover. to be Dover used to be a packed house and then they had a, they actually took out the bleachers out of turn two all the way into the back stretch because they couldn't sell the seats anymore. So yeah. But but still, I mean, okay, I understand you're not selling seats, okay, and you don't take that section out, but do you I, really I need the, to make the wall taller? I, I, I guess the, the dumbest argument. thing I've ever seen in my life. There's there's an Orioles fan. A friend of mine and you know his, his argument is it's helping the pitchers it was like well you could have taken all of those all of the money that you use there and maybe put it into facilities to help better your pitching and get better coaches like don't change the ballpark like change your players like look at the, Spend the money the, the, Spend well, the money well it's not even the money look at a team like the san francisco giants the Giants have never had, outside of Barry Bonds, a hitter that's been the bomber bus kind of guy. They play to their ballpark, which is power alleys and speed. I mean, their power hitter in that lineup is what Darren Ruff or Brandon Belt. Like those are their power hitters. They they're gap to gap team, and they've always built that way because that's how the ballpark is, and that's what favors them. Well, I mean. So don't change had, the stadium, change the team. They had Chris Bryant, but he couldn't hit the ball for crap out of the right field anyway. Well, they had they had him for half a year. Yeah, it was a rental. I'm talking about like right now. Well, they but got Jock. Way. Well, they have Jock Peterson. Uh, oh, that's right. He's in San Francisco now. But outside of him, like you know, I mean, Darren Ruff, Brandon Belt, like they maybe have a couple guys, but they don't have like a Kyle Schwarber type guy. And we'll touch on him later. That's a complete. I'm gonna hit a home run, or I'm gonna strike out. But uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm tipping my hat too much here. Uh-huh. I'm showing my hand. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna have strong opinions on that one. Uh, but we go to the next topic. Uh, we're, we've kept the topics low today because there's gonna be a lot of debating. I know there's gonna be some debating on this one. Trevor Bauer, Matt Harvey. If you don't know the reference, Trevor Bauer, obviously we talked about on a previous show, suspended essentially two years from baseball for not being charged criminally with anything. Matt Harvey has been suspended 60, 60 games by baseball. He's currently on a minor league contract, um, I believe, with the Orioles. I could be wrong. Harvey, yeah, he's still at the Orioles and yeah. still yeah, there in some capacity. Yeah, so he's in he's in the minors right now. And Trevor Bauer put a tweet out saying basically the drugs that he tested positive for are criminal offenses in the state of California, where he's from. And where he was playing at the time. And where he was playing mm-hmm. at the time, because he was actually the one that got Tyler Skaggs in involved with oxycodone which ultimately led to skaggs overdosing and dying after a game so does trevor bauer have a point here is it i mean it, trevor bauer is king of the headlines wants to be a part of the headlines all the time suspended two years for something he was never actually charged with and here is matt harvey who hasn't technically been charged but is doing something completely illegal and it only gets 60 games. So does Trevor Bauer have a right to be mad at baseball for this suspension that Matt Harvey got? John, it looks like you want he to wants go to go first. first. I will concede. So in this case, uh, give him, I'm give, try- just give him the full screen right now. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go on any type of tirade or anything like that, but what I will do is I'll touch back on what I talked about. I think initially with Trevor Bauer last time around, and that's that the MLB and man fraud, uh, not Manfred, Manfraud. I, I will stick by that one. Um, but they're just using discretion in every way, shape, or form. And they're not necessarily keeping things uh, broadly similar between cases. And they're not really setting out like strict guidelines, right? So whenever you have instances that like you have one authoritarian man, like Manfraud in this case, who is unilaterally deciding things outside of the legal system, right, that haven't been charged criminally, that haven't been convicted criminally, that haven't been sentenced criminally, that he's the arbiter of all things good and bad and can decide what is and isn't worse than another thing, that's difficult. What needs to happen is there needs to be a consensus between the MLPA and the league that basically sets in stone certain criteria for certain offenses, and that's what it is, black and white, right? There's no, like, discretion. There's no, you know, man fraud saying, like, well, I think this is worse than that, and this this constitutes that, but these other other circumstances and blah, 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 BS, 
right? Make it like the criminal code. You do this offense, you get this sentencing, period. That would, you know, clear all this up. So I do think that Bauer has a point, not that he didn't do anything wrong, not that his punishment's erroneous, but the fact that the MLB can set things up where any player who gets any type of suspension or, or um, you know, punishment can look back at them and say, well, like, yeah, what about ism? I did this, but they did that. And don't you think that's worse? Well, if you don't lay out in black and white, like verbiage saying what is and isn't wrong and how is it wrong and how do you punish each certain thing, there are always going to be controversy like that. Yep. Uh, I think th- there are, I'm just spitballing here, but there are rules in place versus drugs and versus abuse. Uh, we saw it with Otubel Herrera's Philly fans. He was out the year after his, uh, domestic violence charge, and they gave Bauer a little bit more on the book for that. Matt Harvey, to the best of my knowledge, has never had a positive drug test. He came out and he admitted this one, and the first instance of the MLB drug policy is a 60-game suspension. It's 61-20 life. It's the three-strikes-you're-out rule, and this is his first strike. Now, yes, Bauer's got a point of the drugs that he was taking are criminally illegal in California, but we all know California and how crazy that is where you can rush the stage and attempt to beat the uh, beat the heck out of a comedian and not get charged for attempted murder. But, you know, that's, but that's not, not to get political, but California does not have a functional legal. Hey, system, but here's here's my, here's my problem with this whole situation, though. But is- I'm, I'm basically wanna, before you jump in there, what I was basically saying is there, there are guidelines in place. Bowers case is more is the more extreme of the domestic violence thing that they already have whether he's been charged not charged whatever it's the fact that it's still there and it's still in place what he did is a bad thing and i don't think we're gonna or rumored to do um i don't think we're gonna talk about that harvey's case is more or less of an admittance he came out and said i screwed up i did these things and then mlb was like okay well first defense of the drug policy here's your 60 games following the guidelines that we have already set so. So, but he also yeah. seemed to at least have a cursory uh, role to play in a overdose death, right? I mean, I, 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 I've I, that's, see, that's, that's, see, that's what I was going to say. So here's my thing, okay? So Trevor Bauer calling out Matt Harvey is sad to begin with because Trevor Bauer has no room to talk about anybody doing anything bad in the in this league, considering that that man has had so many tirades and has had so many chances. He's a character uh, for sure. Yeah, I like I like I like Bauer as a pitcher, but his his attitude is absolutely terrible. The problem I have is uh, Matt Harvey admitted to doing something that led ultimately led to the death of a teammate while he was in the Angels organization. That's the problem I have. Sixty games is not just is not justified enough for a guy who literally led to the unexpected death of a 24 year old kid. Okay. I get it. Tyler Skaggs made that choice to do whatever it was that he did and overdose basically had an accident over- overdose and died. And that, you know, I- I'm sorry to his family for his death and all that stuff. But Matt Harvey is the reason why this happened. Matt Harvey admitted to it's- like, it's, it's basically to it, and that's – I'm sorry, 60 games is not enough. It needs to be a year. You need to set an example to these guys. Like, you know what? If you are going to admit that you are distributing drugs out to your teammates, guess what? But it's Harvey, it's, Harvey wasn't the one distri- dist- doing the distribution. Uh, I'm reading it here right now because I wanted to pull it up just to make sure we're all on the same page here. Harvey's suspension, and this is straight from an ESPN story. Um, Harvey's suspension is tied to his testimony in the February trial of former Angels communications director Eric Kay. Yeah, and Eric Kay faces yeah. a minimum 20-year prison sentence related to the death of Skaggs. So, so Kay is the guy that was the distributor. Well, um, when, I, when I said cursory, not to cut you off there, Tim, just to clarify. No, I just want to make sure we're, we're all – Yeah, we're, I, we're I, never, I never said that Harvey was the one who actually gave him the lethal dose of drugs or whatever. But Harvey did – basically talk about the fact that there were times at which he did provide, I believe, I mean, yeah, to, to like, other teammates you, and to Skaggs and stuff like that. So at the time this happened, Matt Harvey was not the one you could trace back the drugs to, but he certainly played a role in the, you know, um, lead yeah, up feel, to it. Right. So, it, yeah. So I think to put it in layman's terms, what you're saying is if a guy comes up and says, Hey, do you have an extra, you know, 
Oxy. Yeah, man, here you go. There's an extra Oxy. So, like but you, you see, you know, I'm reading the same article you t- as you, Tim, but it also says Harvey acknowledged while under immunity from criminal conviction to being a cocaine and oxycodone user and occasionally providing skags with oxycodone pills when he played for the Angels in 2019. Occasionally saying- being the, you know, here, oh, I've got four more. You need a couple to get you by. Here. I mean, obviously, yeah. look can't... at it this way: if if what happened to Skaggs happened when Harvey gave him one instead of this uh, Angels employee K, things would have been totally different. So it's just a matter of chance and circumstance that the stuff that Harvey gave him didn't ultimately lead to the same well, outcome as what he got like K, K, right? was, It seems like K was the guy giving, like, distributing. You know, oh, you need X, you're going to get X. You need Y, you're going to get Y. Z goes to Z. Like he was the funneler. He, he was the guy to go out and get oh, the stuff. Also, a giant drug a, addict himself. So, yeah, a, yeah. A, a vile human being, I would say, from what I've what I've gathered. I mean, I um, and, I and an absolute think... like. I, so, I don't know him as a human being. What I should say is the actions that he supposedly took as an the, enabler. The actions uh, he's being accused in the in the court yeah, of law. They're yeah. they're really 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 terrible accusations, and you know, um, and, and likely he was an addict himself and he was probably, you know, doing these things to maybe financially support that or, or whatever it might be. Um, but I mean, you can't, you can't make any defense for it. You can't be doing this kind of stuff. Right. I mean, I, I still think a year suspension would have been, would suffice. It sets a president like, but, so now, so now you're going to tell me that, but that's the part so of the guy, immunity I, of him saying of the distribution part. That's part of the immunity. That's fine. MLB is not tying things into anything criminally, as we can MLB tell from is Bauer. charging because... him with the first offense of a drug bug. Sure. Like, well, drug but thing, but, but what I think Trace games. is talking about is the mitigating circumstances beyond that in the fact that he would have been criminally liable without um, – negotiating immunity whereas trevor bauer has not been charged with anything at this point so the mlb is using the guise of criminal intent or criminal convictions and charges whatever to kind of like cast aside whatever harvey supposedly did but for bauer who's in the same position of being accused of something with having no immunity and no criminal conviction or arrests is facing a a far stiffer penalty and i'm not saying that either one is right or wrong in terms of what they got but there's no rhyme or reason or black and white sense to like if you do this you get this now right, right. tim the, the part about the uh, performance substance issue that tim brought up is Just fair the, the drug the, and it's accurate and that that covers that part of it but i mean if you're going to say that C- trevor bauer facing accusations with no criminal arrest or, or charges being filed is you know uh deserves two years and matt harvey who's an active participant who had to negotiate um immunity to stay out of jail for something that the government proved he did, obviously, because they gave him the immunity and put him on the stand. That I think the, I think there's a, a bone to pick in terms of you know what they're deciding to go after, not deciding to go after. And that's and that's where my problem is. Is like okay, so I understand he's not going to be criminally charged. He got immunity from it. It is what it is. But Trevor Bauer was never criminally charged and got two years. Matt Harvey admitted to doing something that was illegal that the MLB has banned. And only got 60 games. I think a year sets the president and says, hey, you know what? You want to do this? You're at least gone for a year. Plus, plus you should have to go through like a drug rehab program. Which he's already doing. But he, but he also didn't. But Trace, I think we need to clarify this too. And I could be wrong. If I am, let me know. But but the sixty days, like Tim pointed out, is for the substance issue. It's not for any of the uh, um, not, other criminal circumstances. So you're right. he essentially got nothing for the Skaggs incident. That's All he saying. got was sixty days for that's, admitting under oath about taking the drugs. Am I correct what, about that? Yeah, you are. And that's why I'm saying like there needs to be that present. Like, okay, so you admitted to doing this, which means you are doing something illegal. It needs to be a year. And I understand he's going to the drug is that rehab a year stuff. On top, is that a year on top of the 60 games he already has? We're talking a year plus the 60. A year, just a, a year ban, a year ban from baseball. So, you're, so, so from this point on, so let's say he got suspended today on so May 22nd. About, you can't come con- back till May 22nd. I, I think he's saying yeah. concurrently, right. Yeah. You can't come back till May 22nd of 2023. That's a hundred, that's a, a, a whole, we'll say a calendar year. That's, more than suffice. You're, that's still 162 games, essentially. That's whatever is left of these of this year plus next year's. Yeah, I think we can banny back and forth about what we think a fitting punishment is. Um, but I think the my, my biggest point, and I think this you know seems to stand to, to logic as far as I'm concerned, is that the MLB needs to set specific guidelines in conjunction with the MLPA about what offenses get what punishments and what suspensions. Right now, it's all up in the air. For the most part, there's some areas, like Tim pointed out, the substance areas that are the, the most 
common. But stuff like this, the Harvey and the Bauer case, like you have to draw a line in the sand somewhere. Yeah, but you also have to draw a line in the sand somewhere. What are you constituting as, you know, being an offense? Is is it the criminal charges? Is it not the criminal charges? Is it the accusations? And what accusations does the MLB get to arbitrarily decide are warranted and are, um, you know, with merit and what others aren't? If there's no criminal charges out there, right, if there's not enough evidence to even arrest somebody, which is a very low standard as far as the the criminal, um, you know, uh, crimes codes and, and such go right so it's it, there has to be something that keeps us from having these debates over and over again about whether man fraud's unilateral decision about what constitutes uh an offense and how he should punish it we're never going to agree on it nobody is yeah. it just has to be agreed upon from the people that matter and are affected by it and keep us from having these you know conversations over well, and over again right well this could all be solved. A man fraud would just get out of office. So, I think well, that's the first step. Hopefully, I think it's <laughs> that's yeah. the first step is get, get that POS out. Well, keep your debate hats on, boys, because it never our, came off. Our uh, our final topic. This has been a big topic in our little group chat because my feeling with specifically Kyle, Kyle Schwarber. Um, do you, when you have a key player struggling, do you sit them or do you wait it out? Do you let them work their problems out? Me personally, I, you know, I, was t- I showed these guys earlier. You got guys like Schwarber who's batting 200. You got Marcus Simeon batting 180. Baez batting 205. Rojas 205. Cronenworth 201. Guys that are key players for their teams struggling at the plate. I personally think they need to, you need to sit the player down for a couple of games or a game or whatever. Let them let them relax, let them get refocused, then have them come back. If the struggles continue, then you got to work with them some way, some shape, or some form to get them back to the way they were. Schwarber, for example, home run or miss. Tuesday when I went to the Padres game um, with with the Phillies. God, I couldn't even spit out the Phillies team name there for a second. Uh, 0 for 4 at the plate, four strikeouts. One of them he stood there and watched three pitches go right by. Um some point, yeah, you got to make a statement. I and I know it's hard to replace guys at times in lineups based on what your depth is and injuries and stuff, but you got to figure something out. You're already struggling as a team, and you paid all this money for a guy to come up to the plate, and he's not giving you what you're paying for. Other than he's got nine home runs, which you know that's great and all, but he's been so up and down in the lineup, and even a guy like. Uh, like Baez, Baez, great infielders, even Simeon, great infielders, but they're struggling at the plate. So what point do you sit your key players out? And what point do you wait it out and hope for the best? Well, to piggyback off of Schwarber here, because you and I are just, we're, we're going to agree to disagree on Schwarber. It's what it is. And we're just going to accept that fact for what it is. Schwarber's got 10 home runs right now, and he's in the top seven in the league for home runs. You pay the man to only hit a home run. The man's not going to come up and slap some singles and get a double. He's there to swing as hard as he can and to hit the ball as far as he can. That's what you're paying him for. That And everybody knew that's Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber has always been the bomber bust guy. You're never, ever going to change that approach. And especially now, since we talked last week, and this is a game of offense, that's what your game's going towards now is your Mendoza line hitter who will be a league leader in home runs and RBI, but not much else. The only positive thing, too, with Schwarber is I'd have to take a look at his on-base percentage and how many pitches he'll see at that, but he'll actually see pitches. And the the one strikeout that you're talking about, Trace, where he let three go by, watching on TV, they were all off the plate for the most part. So he has a little bit of a grip there. But with Schwarber, I'm leaving him in because he's doing his job and he's hitting home runs, and we know the fielding is going to be questionable because – that's how this entire Phillies team was built, was offense and barely any defense. So Schwarber is the, the case book, in my opinion, is you're going to complain about him striking out too much and only hitting home runs. That's been Kyle Schwarber's entire career, and that's what you're paying him to do. So I don't understand why Schwarber's on this list. Yeah, he's going to have some bad games. Guys don't come up and hit a home run every game. They might hit one home run a week. But that's what you're paying Schwarber to do now. Guys like Simeon and Baez, yeah, you got a little bit of a point there, especially with Simeon. Baez, there's no 
I mean, who else? Who else is going to play? It's Detroit, and what else are they paying for? Um, Cronenworth. I think the Padres have a few examples. You could probably bench Cronenworth for a bit, but Schwarber. I'm leaving Schwarber, and he's going to figure it out at some point. And he's going to hit 220 for the year, but he's going to give you 40 home runs. So, what would you think of a comparison between Kyle Schwarber and Ryan Howard? Dead on. Howard was a better average. Which, which, which Ryan Howard are we talking about here? Are we talking Howard before the injury or after the injury? I'd say, I'd say even before because I think Schwarber's still not. Howard before the injury. Howard before the injury was a project. Oh, you could have projected him to be a Hall of Fame career if he was going to hit 290 and crush 40 bombs. Ryan Howard was a hitter. Pure so after seven. the injury, it was I think that's a good point, and I think I I was probably after wrong the, in what I said. After, but yeah. after after the injury. You can compare Schwarber to Howard, but I believe Howard's thing is with that Achilles, he never quite had the confidence because the Achilles that he tore was his back push leg, and it was just it was never there after that. Right. And he was it's Ryan Howard's a tale of two careers, and it's before the Achilles and after the Achilles. I understand what you're getting at. Uh, Schwarber right now is more comparable to Howard after the injury. Yeah, I. I- I'd say this question in general, without going into the weeds as much as you guys do uh, in terms of each individual player, and I, I don't think I disagree with anything you said on that. I think this is why managers earn the money they do, and they have to have a feel for this thing, right? I think it's situational. I think it's going to not be like a one-size-fits-all that you always sit or always wait it out. Each player's different. Each mental state's different. Each reason behind the slump is different. If it's mechanical, if it's just like they're just not seeing it, if it's mental. I mean, so you have to kind of feel it out. And I don't feel like Girardi has the feel for that right now. Well, with Schwarber, who are you going to put out there? I'm not even what just saying Schwarber options? in general. I, I don't mean it. I'm not trying to, to take, take this back to Schwarber. I'm just saying in general with Girardi. I mean, even if you have him keep playing it out, but you got to do something, whether it be – I don't know. Yeah, but as a manager, you have to handle it somehow to get the best out of your players. And Get that. You know, but um, another thing, too, is not just saying with Schwarber here, like other guys who are underperforming on the list that you mentioned, you know, like Baez um, – Cronenworth might be the only guy that you would take out. Um, Simeon, depending on who's there and who you can shuffle around the lineup to. But another key part of do you bench the guy or do you keep playing the guy is what's the better option. In Philadelphia's case, you, do you want to roll with Roman Quinn always in left field or oh, Matt Odubel loves Herrera? Roman Quinn? You're your replacement for college. It's t- take take your pick right now. No, yes or no, A or B. Schwarber or Quinn? Who do you want? Schwarber, a no-brainer. Matt? Well, so... A or B? Well, no, so here's, a or B. Here's, here's where my problem is with this question, is because, like, we know Roman Quinn can't hit, but Roman Quinn... We know Quinn, he can't field. He can't throw. He Well, he can't throw, but he can at least field the ball. Barely. I don't think he has an error yet this year for fielding. No, he's got a candy arm. I don't want him in the outfield. He can't get on base. He should learn how to bunt, but he doesn't. If I, it's it's Schwarber all day over Quinn. I'd never want to see Quinn in the outfield again. I never want to see Quinn on this team again. I mean, I don't like fucking what's his. I don't like Roman Quinn either. But like, I'm just saying that like that's your option. That's your backup option right now, unless Mickey Moniak comes back, and then you can start having the debate of Schwarber being bench not if Moniak's playing well. I mean, he's on the ten day he IL. A, he's in a rehab stint right now, where he had a double and a triple his first game back. But I'm just saying, like, so take out the fact that, like, they don't have the depth right now. And this, again, I'm not trying to go back to the Schwarber thing, but if you if you don't have the injuries and you have the depth, at what point do you sit a star player like a Schwarber, like a Baez, like a Cronenworth, or do you let it, or do you wait it out? And that's, that's what the question is. It's not so much, like, should he be sat? Obviously, they can't sit him right now, but... At some point, if he keeps the struggles up, should he be sat? Okay, so in that that terms, okay. In those terms, it depends on the player. Cronenworth, I sit. I find somebody else, I let him take some reps. Baez, I play. You're paying the dude to play, and this is part of Javi Baez's game. Schwarber, I play because that's what you're paying the guy to do is to bomb or bust. So that's my answer. It's a player-by-player basis. If depth's not a question and the the quality of the backup isn't a question it's then falls onto the player and what you're paying the player to do so schwarber so, play so if, Simeon, if, his, if Simeon, his average dips to like we'll say like a 120 
Oh, it's not going to go that bad. I mean, he's right now on pace to have a career low in average strikeouts and everything else right I mean, what's now. What's his career average, like 210, 220? 235. Mm. After coming off, yeah, 253 at Washington, 291 in Boston. The short season with the Cubs, he hit 188. Then the year before, he hit 250. Mm. So he's never been below 180. He was at 188. First season. First season. But that 188 was through was only 59 games long that he played in. He had 191 at bats and 66 strikeouts. So compare that to where we're at now. How many games has he had now? Compare 38, that. 38, so, 38 games played, 140 at bats. He has 51 strikeouts. And what was that shortened year? He had 59 games played, 191 at bats, 66 strikeouts. So he's doing slightly better than his worst year on paper. I mean, not he's with 51 less at bats. Not really. He's, I mean, on the but same 51 page. at bats is, a but that's also, a, like you're, you're also talking a COVID year where it was a short season. So like you can't really count 2020 as a, well, no, I'm counting, I'm counting that as in the span of games, like this, his, the, his actual, if we're going to talk about his worst career, his worst year, of a full season because tw- like 2020 yeah, was, a bust of, was a bust. I was game. only using 2020 as a, as a standpoint of his, you know just number of games. His worst season to date was 2017 for a full season, and that, he he had 129 games played, struck out 150 times, and his batting average was 211. And how many home runs did he hit? 30. There you go. That's his game. The 30 bombs is what you're paying for. You're paying for the bomb. And a side effect of that is you're going to pay for the strikeout too. Dude's going to hit his home runs. There's no question about that. It's just, that's how he plays. Um, who? What other guys are outside of Simeon, Baez, Rojas? I'm trying to think who's Rojas even play for. Marlins. Victor Rojas? Miguel Rojas. Oh, there's too many Rojases. <laughs> That'd be Miguel Rojas there. Doing this year. Oh, he just had a calf issue. So that was probably something. So, uh, like, here we got guys like Trent Grisham in San Diego, Max Muncy in LA. Is Max Muncy one. needs to be benched. Max Muncy, he needs to be benched. He's he's playing horrible right now. But he, there's the video of him against the Philly series where he looked at a ball right down the middle and tried to argue that it wasn't a strike. <laughs> that dude needs to be benched right now. He ain't seeing anything. There's, there's a bunch of guys. Jose Abreu with Merrifield all batting below 210. Tony Kemp batting below 210. Well, Tony Kemp is batting 210 right now. Um, Let's see. Out of those guys, I'd, I'd probably bench Abreu at this point just because he's getting older. Um, who, who else did you have? Uh, Whit Merrifield. Play him. He'll come out of it. Tony Kemp. For the athletics, play him. I mean, the athletics can't get any worse than what they are now, Exactly. Right? Yeah, it's it's the Baez scenario for that. Plus, he made that amazing diving catch the other day where he literally flew. Jackie Bradley Jr. for the Red Sox played in 37 mm-hmm. games, batting 193 right now. He'll play out of that. Yeah, but he's a defensive wizard. Yeah. Then you got Max Muncy. I mean, that guy gets benched. He's hitting what one forty now? One sixty one. Oh. playing second base. They could. They've got options there. I mean, they've got the the Dodgers have a beautiful problem of who do you play where. I mean, you can move guys all around that lineup and all over that field. So, months you could probably bench Muncy for a week to let him work some stuff out. Let's see here. Right now. He is fourth in their depth chart at second base. He's their starting third baseman over Justin Turner. Justin Turner's been their DH. DH. Um, do, they, do they still have AJ Pollock? No. No. I'm trying to think. Is there outfields Bellinger? So right now, right now, if you look at their depth chart, according to ESPN, they got you Will Smith, the Freddy. catcher, Freddie Freeman at first base, Gavin Lux at second, Muncie third, Trey Turner, shortstop, Chris Taylor, left field. 
Bellinger, center field, Mookie Betts, right field, and Justin Turner as their DH. You could theoretically, if you really wanted a toy with the lineup, you could move Freddie Freeman to third and move Bellinger back to first and then slide somebody in the center. Well, at third base, they have Muncie as a starter, Justin Turner as the backup, Hanser Alberto as the third, and Chris Taylor as the fourth. And then yeah, Edward Chris, Rios as fifth. Chris Taylor, you could play all around the diamond. That well, dude's a super utility guy. Either way, they only have Freddie Freeman listed as being first base or nothing at this point. Yeah, but Freddie could play third if he needed to. Yeah. he's He did it with the Braves when he played third for like, it was probably only maybe a week's worth of games, but he, he could hold it down if he needed to. Well, either way, my point of it is, whether it's Schwarber, whether it's uh, Baez, whether it's... Merrifield, whoever else, at some point, if you have if depth is any issue, you sit them down for a couple of games, you let them work their problems out. I mean, we don't know. They could be having a, a, a mental problem with themselves with their at bats. You know, they just need to maybe just give them a couple of days off, set them, work out their problems, see if it. I don't know if you, especially if you're a team in contention. I mean, right now, like, I'm not saying that the Phillies are in contention. They. Realistically, at, at this point in the season, don't look like they could even be a wild card team. But with the expanded playoffs, they are probably going to make the playoffs. So, if they don't make the playoffs, there's an issue. Yeah, I just think at some point you gotta you gotta start setting guys down, making I wouldn't say make an example out of them, but like, hey, you know what? Like, I understand you're just going to be hitting home runs, but we need a little bit more out of you and a little bit more consistency instead of this up and down across the board for everybody so i'm not you don't take a guy like kyle schwarber and send him to the minors i didn't say the minors i'm just saying like you put him set him out for a game or two like let's say send him down sit him down oh i heard send. i said sit him down i heard i mean when they play next time they play the reds i mean if he's struggling and he's only batting like 150 at that point or whatever is it going to hurt him to? Is it going to hurt them against the Reds if he is not playing for like a game or two against the Reds? I love how we pick on the Reds on this show, but if they're playing the Reds, I want him playing against the Reds because I feel like that's some live VP that he can just use to tinker on stuff because that's a series you can work on things. I'm saying if, he, if he's struggling though, like, that's a is that's it a, gonna, that's, that's a high a, glorified that's scrimmage. A, that's a game you could like you could literally. I want to say it's a throwaway game where you can just be like, yeah, yeah. What you do you know. think, John? You've been quiet for a while. Yeah, um, that's a game where make I would us, let anybody work out up. their issues. Uh, I, I, like I said, I, I went situational, unlike you guys with each individual player. The manager is the one who feels that out, and I feel like the manager with the best feel get the best out of the most out of their players. Some players would do better served sitting. Some players would do better served playing it out. That's what I think. And the managers are smarter than we are, so let them figure that out. Yeah, we just sit here on Sunday afternoons and drink coffee and recover from the night before. All right. I mean, I I had a pretty uneventful night, so I'm not really recovering. Yeah, All right, actually. we're going to go in here to... I mean, recovery's the, a bad word, but get ready for a lazy Sunday. We're going to go here with our final thoughts. Go with Johnny Buckets for his final thoughts. Um, a make or break two week span for the Phillies. I'll put it to you that way. Um, they're either going to come out of it um, looking like they are a team that can uh, maybe contend and, and maybe look like something that we thought they would initially, or they will be all but dead in the water. And this early in the season, if the Mets keep playing the way they are, uh, it's going to be hard for the Phillies or anybody in that division really to catch them. Uh, Adley, Rutsch, Adley Rutschman, glad he's finally up. Gives the Orioles something to root for. Hopefully he's as good as uh, as uh, promoted. Is, yeah, yeah, as good as promoted, and you know, best of luck to him. Hopefully he is, uh, as I've been reading, a Joe Maurer clone, and that's something that Baltimore could use right now for a guy to build around for the next decade. So I'll be watching a little bit more Orioles games to see how he progresses. Uh, so quick update, our early game Cardinals up one, nothing on the pirates bottom of the first, they have Pittsburgh has runners on first to second with one out, uh, Rondon's pitching right now for the Cardinals. So 
Um, that game's being played on Peacock. So if you have Peacock, go check them out. My final thoughts, though, uh, I'm with John. Big two weeks for Phillies. But I think the next couple weeks are all of baseball is going to be huge. Summer months, make or break your season. Uh, and for me, this is a great time of year because uh, Tuesday, hopefully, we'll be back on Checkers and Records. We'll give you an Indy 500 preview. So if you're not really into baseball, you want to watch some racing, the Indy 500s next weekend. Um, that should be a good one. So don't forget, check out our blog, bwsports1.com. I have one on there still from a month ago. If these two want to get on writing something they can just submit it in. Um, again, check, I'll be back hopefully on Tuesday. Checkers records, check out all of our other groups. We got super kicking it with Steven. We got state of basketball. They just had a show the other day basketball playoffs are starting to wind down here a little bit we're getting towards the uh, end of the playoffs to figure out who's going to be in the finals i know john's looking forward john to that. sixers are not in there boiling. Um, the playoffs ended for me the moment that siakam punked Embiid's eye anyways <laughs> still here we are so check out all of our partners uh, as you can see in our when we get came live I can't get why is this not working for me right here? Oh, here we go. Here's all of our partners at the bottom. Check them out. Check out our blog, bwsports1.com. From all of us here at Just a Bit Outside, I'm the source, Quigs, Johnny Buckets. We will hopefully see you guys again next Sunday, barring any uh, any issues. Hopefully no technical difficulties like I'm having. Hopefully. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll, we'll see you. We'll see you soon. See you.